Well, this is a variation on a walking report, which I normally do while I'm walking footpaths around my house, because today there is an annual meet of the English Electric Boating Association, which happens to be taking place on the Norfolk Broads. And since I have an electric boat, I am with them. So I'm about halfway between Wroxham and Horning, going extremely slowly, considerably slower than most of the other boats on the river, I hasten to add. And uh, we're going to have lunch and then go back again. So it's a lovely day. And I thought that since this sort of boating doesn't really require very much by way of concentration, I would do a, an episode on the water. And the particular thing that I have in mind at the moment is that the syndrome that I described by using the time-honoured phrase when in hole stop digging can apply to far more than chatbots or even physicists and mathematicians. In fact, there's a, a tendency for all of us to imagine, I've used this phrase before, that the solution to the inadequacy of what we've got is more of what we've got. Nobody seems ever to stop and think maybe what we've got, or what we want at least, is never going to satisfy our real desires, or the desires that truly satisfy. And whenever I think of that, I'm reminded of the phrases in the prophet, prophetic literature of the Hebrew Bible where the prophets rail against the people saying why eat what does not satisfy and drink what does not quench thirst. That is when they're not railing against them for some other indiscretion such as sacrificing things to the gods who also neither see nor hear, eat nor drink, sleep nor are, at least according to the prophets, alive. But be that as it may, the interesting thing for me about this is the notion that the when in hole stop digging might apply very broadly, might apply to the way we devote our lives to the pursuit of goals that we think will satisfy us, because after all the entire culture in which we live is set up on the assumption that they will. Having spent most of my working life in education I've always sat very uncomfortably with the assumption that the motivation for kids to learn, to work hard, is that it will get them qualifications, that will get them good jobs and that the jobs will afford them the wherewithal to satisfy their material and other desires. Well of course it will but whether those desires are the desires that truly satisfy or just the ones that our society has chosen perhaps somewhat cynically because they're the necessary desires to keep the whole machine turning, if we all stopped wanting the things we want, then a great deal of the economy that we currently operate in would cease to be viable. 
just think what would happen if people stopped wanting a motor car, stopped wanting to fly, stopped wanting to have a boat, uh, which of course I am guilty of myself. What would happen to the economies that build, are built around those, not least around the Norfolk Broads where so many people are employed either in building boats, repairing boats, or hiring boats, or cleaning boats, or doing whatever you do with boats. If we stop wanting those things, would life as we know it cease to be viable? Well, I think that the, the question isn't something to be dismissed, but something that we should take very seriously in terms of maybe a great deal of human misery is predicated on the assumption that we need to spend our lives earning the kinds of money that we need to earn to satisfy the kinds of desires that we have. Maybe we don't. Maybe if we wanted different things, we could live differently. Of course, there is at this moment an enormous chorus of disapproval from people who say, but everybody wants that you're just in some sense or other compensating for the fact that you haven't got it and this is because there are all kinds of immunization strategies as i've called them before ways in which the system protects itself against the kinds of ideas that would undermine its economic viability and of course we've talked about leadership in this sense that the sorts of things that would undermine political viability because our political system is based upon an assumption that we need to be led and that it is somehow noble on the part of some people to offer themselves as those who will lead us which I don't for a moment believe so that you have the absurd view of people seeming to make it some sort of I'm not quite sure what you call it really some sort of mark of honour that they put themselves forward for political office in service of the community. Well, perhaps there are those that do, and there are those that care enough to do so, but a great many of them are, I think, still involved in a rather different kind of enterprise, which is about having influence and possibly even sometimes selling influence to benefit themselves. I'm in what's supposed to be a flotilla of five boats. I'm going extremely slowly and I appear to have lost all four of the others. So I'm not sure whether that's indicative of something having gone wrong and them having stopped somehow to rescue somebody because that can also happen on water. Uh, but I'm just going to chug along at about three or four miles an hour, which is not far off the speed limit of five miles an hour and wait for them to catch me up. But it is lovely today. We're, we've had a pretty miserable summer, haven't we? But today on the river is, is glorious. It's warm enough for it not to be cold when you're in the shade of trees because the, the Bure, which is the river from Wroxham to Horning, 
has lots of trees around it and even on a relatively warm day in the direct sunshine it can be pretty chilly on the river certainly needs some extra clothing extra layers if you're going to enjoy it well that's a relatively short episode i've got a lot more to say on this but i need now to concentrate on what i'm doing so i'm just going to press pause or stop and we'll see where i won't be able to upload this anyway because there is no there is no signal here. I'm not even getting 3G, I think, most of the time.